How you doing, Bob? Another uh, podcast for Citizens for Better Broom. Andy, good to hear from you. And folks, thanks for listening. We're uh, Bob and Andy of Citizens for a Better Broom. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. Check out Citizens for a Better Broom. See what we post. Uh, we should have links to articles, uh, writing material mm-hmm. there. Also at bobkingsley.com, you can look at everything I've ever written. One and of good which stuff the, last, last, the last one is a pretty yeah. hard-hitting piece on our president. Uh, remember that our meeting normally held on the first Monday of each month. This month was uh, pushed back until 13th uh, because of Labor Day. So yep. it'll be this Monday coming up. You can still make it at 6 o'clock p.m. at the uh, nice little corner bar called uh, Thirsty's over on the corner of uh, the Vestal Parkway. And what is that? Washington? Well- South, yeah, South, South Washington. Washington Street. Yep. Um, and six o'clock, we meet there. We have some casual conversations around some beers and some finger food and try to solve the problems of Broome County. So please join us. Uh, everyone's welcome. Anyway, with that said, Andy, what do you got? Well, you know, this of local interest. As far as the local interest goes, the um, Oakdale Mall going to change hands to the Matthews Group. And the uh, Broome County government has decided to give them a 25-year pilot so that their uh, tax bill is around 489000 per year, down from the $3 million that they were getting. And that's what, what they were giving uh, Village of Johnson City, uh, the Town of Union, and Broome County. Now, 200 and, well, two and a quarter million has to be made up. Well, Andy, let me ask you, you may not know the answer to this. I sure don't. But we've, we've been tracking for a long time a pending litigation that the former mall owners had filed against Johnson city about a reduction in their taxes, that the decision was apparently eminent. This was a year ago. Now what has happened to that? Is does that moot the lawsuit or I bet that was part of the uh, deal with previous owners of the mall. They probably asked them the the new owners. Well, but once it's, uh, yeah, but once it's, once it's being litigated, it's already in the decision-making stage. Some, Federal judge, or not? Maybe not a federal judge. I don't know how it got litigated at what court, but some judge apparently waiting to write an opinion about whether or not they were overtaxed, in essence, by Johnson City. And if, because my understanding was, if that was decided in favor of the mall owners, that Johnson City would be on the hook for rebating right. the payments that were too high. So you know what, well, folks, be we'll find out the answer to our own questions here, yeah, and try to let you know next week well you have to ask yourself is it worth it would the development and the various tenants that the matthews group is going to bring into the oakdale mall would they have come anyway without the pilot and the second question is would the oakdale mall have been sold anyway which on the surface you would have to say yes it's going to be sold because they're obviously sending it down the road anyway i think 117 uh, million which i'm looking at the looking at my notes here they're looking at about a if the appraised value is going to be somewhere in 117 million and an 11 percent or call it eight percent of assessed valuation, which is about the average for Broome County for uh, commercial properties. You know they're looking at an eight million dollar bill, so they've got quite a freebie, and we'll have to wait and see if if there's going to be enough uh, business to uh, to offset that for the mall. What? Well, Andy, isn't isn't the Matthews group also have their fingerprints on the deal down in 
Endicott when IBM, IBM decided to leave town? Yeah. And 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 didn't they get a big pilot there too and the promise of, you know, gazillions of jobs forever? I mean, what happened there? Well, it's not was, what you was, know, it's who you know. Well, did the Matthews group and the Mains and everybody else who was a part of that group did that? And and George Pataki at the time, the governor, announcing it with great fanfare. Did all of those promises come true? I don't think so. Well, I know because um, some of those older buildings that are in the 30s and 40s, when Time Recorder, International Time Recorder, I believe was the name of IBM at the time, they're all mothballed, it what it looks like. Well, well, I mean, even, even, yeah, I know a lot of the facility got mothballed for sure. I was by there the other day and it was so sad to see the main building. This would be on the most Eastern part of the complex as you're coming East to West. Mm -hmm. On North um, street. Yeah. Right. On North street, the, the stairs are completely rotted <laughs> off the front of the building for the main entrance Concrete, to what at the yeah. time was the main entrance to the plant. You know, this Endicott interconnect thing, they promised a lot of things. I don't think they delivered the expectations that they promised. So here we go again, another sweet deal with local people with big, deep pockets promising the moon and who gets stuck with the bill, the people in Johnson city. Yeah. The people in JC and the town union and, and Endicott. Well, speaking well, of all of Broome County, because when you think about it, when that was an economic hub of retail, that was one of the main sources of sales tax revenue, which got spread on a formula yes. throughout Broome County. So everyone, every little town and all 24 municipalities got something from the Oakdale Mall. But when there is no retail left, then there is obviously no sales tax revenue. And then on top of that, throw that tax bill, what's left uh, of it onto the people of Johnson city, because somebody has got to pay those firemen the 80 grand a year that they get for a salary. Sure. Well, and if you look at, uh, you know, universal singer link, these other large employers for, uh, in Broome County gone in the nineties and their the jobs have pilfered away over, you know, overseas and throughout the U S because it's just unaffordable to do business in New York state. Which again, kind of makes the argument of the sweet deal with the mall. At least they're, they're bringing something to the party. We'll have to let that go. Continue on with something that is rotten is the new, is the new governor and this new uh, COVID law. Garner, Broome County um, executive, has put out a warning that if 10% to 15% of the workers at Wilson Hospital refuse to take the, the vaccine mandate, they're going to be forced to fire them. Yeah, I like now, that forced to fire them. We're going to be forced to fire you. No, no, you're not. You're going to willfully fire them. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. Well, that's the word, right? Well, on top of that, this new Heroes Act that was the, the mayor signed yesterday for in safety measures for all employers of the, the aerosol spray from the COVID. Large employers, we know, aren't really paying any attention to it, like Depot, as well as right, the, big uh, Lowe's, the big box stores, they're not too worried about it, but the small employers and they're making it litigation against your employer by the employees so much easier. And it makes more small employers uncompetitive against other states, as well as their larger box stores. What sense well, does you that know, make? As, as we're recording this, uh, coincidentally, the president of the United States is concurrently giving a speech to the nation about COVID. And one of the things I just heard him say was that this push on vaccine was going to be pushed down to uh, employers a hundred or more. So it's getting pretty close to a mandate across the board. And this is for any employer that does business with the federal government. So if you've got any connection, they're putting their tentacles out and basically saying, as long as we can find a way to put federal 
function onto your business, we are going to mandate that you and your employees be vaccinated. It's pretty draconian. And if you well, ask me along those same lines of thought, what, what I read was 80% of the United States adults, 16 or greater, have been vaccinated. Well, the question comes up, who is getting sick now? If 80% are vaccinated and they're turning around, how, how are these, these crazy infection rates now? Either the media is lying to us, which would be a big surprise since they're so trustworthy anyway, or these uh, vaccines aren't working. Press release yesterday by the White House, they're saying, well, yes, a lot of, they didn't say a lot. Many people that have the vaccine are getting infected. I believe you have a personal story to that effect. And they're turning that around and saying, um, you're not getting it as bad. You're not, you're not as sick. Well, you know, these, these flip-flops for me as an outsider, you know, I, I have been vaccinated. I'm wondering, uh, you know, how effective is this? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's maddening. I mean, you and I are both kind of news junkies and I know you spend a lot of time in front of screens all day with a lot of news that affects financial markets. And you try to kind of parlay that into something that makes sense. You know, we've got one of our members and you know who I'm talking about, but I won't Mm -hmm. out him here because I, I haven't asked him, but he put passes a lot of data on COVID onto our social media platforms for our perusal. Right. I'll tell you, you can find a board certified, very credible, well-published, well, very articulate, accomplished, you name it, you can find the most burnished credentials that you could have for anybody. And you can find them all saying lots of different things that conflict completely with each other. Exactly. That's the scary so, part as a citizen. That, so with that said, I'm listening to a guy the other day, you know, a, a, a professor at Baylor, he's tenured at this place. He's edits this newsletter. He's a world recognized expert in this, blah, 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 600 peer reviewed articles on and on and on. The guy couldn't have cooler credentials. And then, you know, I look and shit, he looks like he's dead wrong on four or five things that he's shouting from the rooftop. So what do you do with that? What do you do with a Fauci who flip flops on things? And what do you do with the CDC and who and the World Health Organization? They're one day, they're one pointing one way, the next day they're pointing the other. And then you get, follow the science. This is from Uncle Joe Biden. Meanwhile, this guy tells us to follow the science and for climate change. I don't, I'm not a, you know, I've got a lot different feelings about climate change than I do about COVID, but we're, you're taking our orders from this same doddering idiot, right? Uncle Joe. I mean, the guy is, you know, the guy's out of gas. He's right. He's ready to tip over. I don't know who's controlling him, but they better get (laughs) Marionette on board because the guy can hardly stand up let alone think. Also in the news, the new governor has signed a new passenger car law for zero emissions in New York state by 2035. Yeah. And trucks in 2045, I think. (laughs) Right. Well, you have to ask, you know, there isn't enough copper in the world to build all these batteries. Just in the United States, Toyota two months ago came out and, and said that is that the United States and the EU are looking way past their uh, goals and dreams and ambitions for a zero green world are just are just that dreams. Well, that's because Kathy Hochul knows that in 2035, she'll be a distant memory. We'll we'll (laughs) remember her along with uh, Patterson. Yeah, right. If you have a really good memory about New York's uh, famous governors, number one. Number two, she can take all credit today for crap that will never happen tomorrow, but it'll be a 
about her intentions, Andy. It'll be about how it might made people feel. It'll be about having aspirations and, and who cares if it's unrealistic or unachievable. By God, we just wanted to do it. And so we said we would. I mean, that's that's liberalism. Well, that's what they're talking. Interesting enough, because I used to own a, a lawn and garden shop, is that all all power equipment will be be emission free or emission neutral, not free. But I asked myself, really? Tractors, diesel. Yeah, I, uh, and I and I like the idea that they're calling they're calling carbon a deadly chemical. They're treating it, you know, like it's cyanide. It's the most plentiful element on earth. I know we you inhale know? it. <laughs> Everything's got carbon in it. Every 15 seconds. Wow. Another thing I wanted to carry on is was this um the 50 years of Attica. Now, having um, lived through that, I can say that in knowing a state trooper that was there through all the bloodshed and the fighting. I know that you're in law enforcement yourself, have a lot of connections to that. I wonder what your take was on it. I'm, I'm just wondering, some of the articles, it's it's revisionist view of the, with a current nar- narrative of the police. Well, it's interesting you bring it up because I was listening to Bob Lounsbury, who was a radio talk show personality in both Rochester and Syracuse. He's great. He's really a, he's one of the few local guys who really is sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, we've got some a drought in local talent here in, in the triple cities. But this guy splits his time between Syracuse and Binghamton. He was talking about Attica today, had some great points. And and he's right. He said, you know, we we judge things today by the standards of today. But but he was making the point that in 1971, which is I was 18 and I very much remember because my father was in law enforcement at the time. And my yeah. my uncle was a prison guard, not at Attica, but at Woodburn. Mm-hmm. So it was very much on our list of paying attention the, around but the family remember, dinner table. Yeah, right. But remember, in those days, 1971, virtually everyone who was in law enforcement or in corrections was probably former military. And if they weren't mm-hmm. former military, they were taught by former military because those would be the perfect middle age of the guys coming out of World War Two. So okay. the whole infrastructure of law enforcement and and corrections was very much a militaristic model that had a lot to do with authority and with absolutes when it comes to, Hey, I told you to sit down and shut up and that's what you'll do. And, and that's how the world was in 1971. It was a much rougher place. And, you know, at the time the governor was Rockefeller and Rockefeller was a no nonsense, take no prisoners guy. And, you know, he saw that the place was the literal, interpretation of the inmates have taken over the asylum only in this case it was a prison and and they were doing some very bad things to their fellow prisoners uh because of all the gang activity everything else so rockefeller finally said to the state police go take back attica and by god they did and they killed people right doing it i don't think we have any right to look back on that with the lens of 2021 when the world was such a different place in 1971 these, these kids who have no idea what Attica is, except for the sound of a, of a, a record being played about it. I have no, no, uh, no time for explaining that to them because the a world is so different. Well, they, it, and it goes along with the, uh, the left that wants to bury the Civil War with all the memories and all the statues and all the, again, rewriting the history eight or nine generations ago, which you and I... I can't help that. I my ancestors might have been there. You know, you it's know. it's funny you mentioned that. I just finished Ulysses S. Grant's notes and bio, his autobiography. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Lee was his guy, the last guy. You know, that was the end of it when those guys pitted their forces against each other. Finally, right. 
Lee and Grant. And it, funny thing was, he talks extensively about these generals in the Confederacy that went to West Point with him. They were all trained at the same place. They, these guys were friends, basically. They grew up together. It's, it's interesting to note that a lot of, you're talking, the country wasn't very big. You know, it was 13 colonies, and then you had, you had stretched out to the West to some extent, but only maybe to the Ohio Valley, practically. It was a condition of where you were living as to what side you, you took. I mean, right. states, right? It was not a yeah. big philosophical thing. If you lived down in Georgia, you weren't going to say, well, by God, I think slavery sucks. I mean, your whole life livelihood was wrapped around the idea of slavery. So again, it's a 2021 vision of what, what was happening in, in 1845. No, you just, it's not fair. You can't look at the world that way. And I'll tell you what, you liberals who think that you can, I got news for you. 50 years from now, you're going to be judged by your stand on abortion as being okay. It's going to look in 50 years, God willing, just as bad as being pro-slavery was in 1845. I think we've um, we've covered it today, Bob. <laughs> oh, good. Another high note we ended on. <laughs> Well, uh, making friends and influencing people. That's what we do. Well, Andy. that's what we're about here. But well, somebody's got to say it. And, you know, folks, we appreciate we appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll do it again next week. And again, remember the 13th, 6 p.m. Thursdays. Come one, come off. You want to tell me how full of crap I am. You can come do that. But you're going to have to buy me a beer and we'll sit around <laughs> and we'll try to solve these problems. But hey, unless unless we do something and continue to talk about this and stir well, the we, pot a little bit, nothing's going to change unless well, somebody has you to take the other side of the argument. That's do something right. So right. please consider joining us. And if you can't do that, at least be civically involved enough to give a damn about what's going on. I mean, look in Johnson City, Andy. You're going to have a mayoral uh, race here for the first time in the history of that village where there is no one opposing. No race. There's no race. One party. Yeah. Well, then that's one party. That's it. So New York State's that's one what party. you want, folks. Yeah. If that's what you want, keep doing nothing because that's what you'll get. That's what we again, okay. ending on a high note. Andy, I'll see you on the 13th. And folks, we'll talk to you uh, again next week. Thank you. Great. Thank you.